Hello and welcome to the Sports Ethos DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Patria. I'm solo for this wonderful March 2nd. It's a Wednesday. We got uh, eight games. Wow, sorry. Almost stuttered there. Eight games to talk about tonight's card. Pretty excited for this one. Looks like we have a, a rock solid card. One of the ones that's right in the wheelhouse, six to nine, is what I always say. Uh, if you listen to the show, you know that. You already know that. That's my that's my wheelhouse here. So really excited to get this one going. Uh, probably be a relatively quick one. I'll by myself. Don't want to keep people uh, listening to me for too, too long. And it's time to get down to business. But before we jump into anything, quick shout out to Thrive Fantasy, guys. Come prop up with us over there this NBA season. Thrive is the number one daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on top-tier athletes. Choose 10 of 20 available player prop bets. Build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props, rack up the most points, and win your share of the prize pool. Thrive has over 50000 in guaranteed prizes weekly for the NBA and has awarded over $6 million so far. Use promo code ETHOS, that's E-T-H-O-S, when you sign up and receive a 100% instant first deposit match on up to $100. You can find Thrive in your App Store, Play Store, or by visiting their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. So why don't you guys go over there, use that promo code ETHOS, and sign up and prop today. First game on the docket, Charlotte Hornets traveling to Cleveland. Cleveland take on the Cavs. For the Hornets, Book Knight, Gordon Hayward, both rolled out. Jalen McDaniels is doubtful, as long, along with Nick Richards. Both those guys doubtful. And for the Cavs, Darius Garland has been upgraded to questionable. Karis LeVert, Rondo, and Colin Sexton are all ruled out. So you got to keep an eye on that Garland news. Obviously, as we know, that would have the biggest impact on the slate. Well, maybe not the slate, but on this game. Uh, as of right now, we do not have any game totals. We don't have any game lines. None of that is available for us, so we're going to be flying by the seat of our pants. And I can tell you now, this is probably going to be a game that's going to be relatively close when it comes to spread. It's going to be a nice middle-of-the-road scoring. I would assume probably right around 222-224 is where I would imagine this one lands on the scale. But we'll start off here with Charlotte. At the top, Mellow Ball coming in at 8500 And you guys don't need me to tell you this, but that's a fantastic price tag for LaMelo. Uh, we always talk about any type he's under 10K, he's in play. Well, let's talk about under 9K at this point. And it's been a string of just rough games. And I, I, not even rough, I would say, from a scoring perspective, 24, 17, and 13. We'll take those from LaMelo. Uh, the price is down because the ancillary stats, four rebounds, two assists, seven and seven, five and six. I'm good with this. I'm good with this price tag at 8,500. This is a fantastic price tag for him where a lot of the risk is kind of baked into that price tag. And, you know, on an eight-game slate, talk about a guy that's under 9K that has 50 to 60 DK point upside that could triple-double on any given night. I mean, him and Rozier are only $600 apart at this point. Making the decision where a lot of time you have to juggle these two guys and wonder which one has been Rozier that's been having the better game over the past three games. But this is a circumstance where it's not even necessarily matchup-based. It's mostly just price-based. I'll take a stab on the Mel. I don't imagine he's 8,500 very long. Probably be 91 or 92 by the next slate. So I'm all good with taking shots on him. Now, some of these ancillary and other positions, Kelly Oubre Jr., 5,400, coming off of a 33 DK point game. He'll continue to be a focus on this offense. He has at least 13 shot attempts in four out of the last five games. Uh, down game against Detroit, but that was only in 24 minutes. 
and then at least 31 minutes in three out of the last four. He's averaging 28 DK points against this team this season in three matchups and only 25 minutes. So let's do the math here. If he plays a little over 30 minutes, we're probably looking at a little over 30 DK points. So I'm good with taking some stabs at Ubre, And for the most part, I'll probably avoid the front court. Uh, Harrell and Plumlee have basically just been eating each other's minutes. If I had to pick one, it would be Harrell. But this isn't a front court I generally like to challenge. Going against Jared Allen, going against Evan Mobley, those two guys can bang down low and cause a lot of fits and a lot of problems for opposing big men. We've seen it happen all season long. So I will probably just stick with Ubre and I will stick with some Lamelo on the other side of the ball. Looking at these Cavs, we got obviously like I said at the top, we got to keep an eye, keep an eye on Garland. Uh, if Goodwin all the way up to 6K now. He's coming off of a nice game, massive game actually. With 17 points, 12 assists, 4 boards, 2 steals. Put up 46 DK points. If Garland's out, I don't mind going there. The price tag keeps going up and up, but it's you're looking for a baseline of 30. And he's routinely, when he's been given 35 minutes or more, has been able to get us that 30. So I have no issues looking at Goodwin. It's a fantastic matchup just for pretty much everybody on this Cavs side of the ball. So 6K, I'll still keep him in my player pool. But again, I didn't have a ton of shares in that last one after the price increase. And you know, I'm taking that one off the chin, but this is a fantastic matchup. And I'm looking at marketing at 6,200. If Garland's out, he will be in my player pool. I will continue to look that way. If Garland plays, I will probably, uh, I'll probably ease off of him a little bit. I don't think I'll have too many shares. And then Seti Osman, back-to-back games, at least 32 DK points. He's up to almost 5K now at 4,700. You can keep him in the player pool. I'll probably only end up having one of these Cavs guys. Don't think it'll end up being SETI because I think for a couple hundred dollars more, I can get Kevin Love. And this is one of those matchups where I think Kevin Love is going to be extremely viable. He's averaging 35 DK points in only 24 minutes and two matchups against this team already this season. And this team gets cooked from three. And talk about a guy that's coming off of a 5 of 10 three-point shooting game. Yeah, that's a good place to target. So just a little roundabout. Again, keep your eye on Garland. If Garland's out, then we're going to be looking at Goodwin. We're going to be looking at Kevin Love, and we're going to be looking at marketing. You can sprinkle some SETI in there. I wouldn't mind it. And I probably won't be going to the front court all too much. Next game, Indiana Pacers traveling to Orlando, taking on the Magic. Duarte is questionable along with Lance Stevenson, Miles Turner, TJ Warren, Ricky Rubio, TJ McConnell, all rolled out. And then for the Magic, Cole Anthony is probable. Ball Ball, Jonathan Isaac, Mo Wagner have been rolled out. We'll start off here with the Pacers. Tyrese Halliburton coming in at 8-8. It's a hefty price tag for the young guard, but... I'll probably avoid him at that price tag. I think, you know, give me LaMelo for $300 less. Halliburton's extremely consistent, but at 8-8, he hasn't paid that game, that salary off over the past three games. 45 gets it done. Don't get me wrong. That game against Boston was nice. 8-12 shooting. He did it on, though. I don't expect him to shoot 66 or 67% from the floor every single night, and he really needs to pack in 20-plus points, double-digit assists, get some defensive categories while still getting four to five rebounds. And he can easily do that. Halliburton's one of my favorite players in the league at this point in his young career. Uh, I think this dude has one of the brightest futures. I expect him to be a future all-star. But even if he does do that, you're getting a neutral payoff on that salary. So I don't see myself necessarily going to him, especially now that Brogdon's playing in this one. Brogdon sat that last one out. He rested on the second half of a back-to-back. So he will be in this game, and he will be playing. And at 7,100, you could take stabs at Brogdon. Um, I just don't know how he's going to perform necessarily. The games have been down a little bit since Halliburton's been there. He's still performing well, but I don't see myself going there necessarily. Now, the front court is where I am the most interested on this side of the ball. Uh, Jalen Smith drew the start in that last one, but that was also with Brogdon out, so there's a decent chance he gets shifted back to the bench. But there's also a decent chance he starts, knowing that Isaiah Jackson hasn't been able to stay out of foul trouble over the past few games. 
Uh, Isaiah Jackson is a polarizing player, but I'm not playing him until I can see on a routine routine basis that he can stay out of foul trouble. So Brissett and Jalen Smith will be the two players I'm keeping in my prize player pool. And I want to see Jalen starting. I don't mind him coming off the bench because I still think he's going to be playing at least 26 to 28 minutes regardless. Again, Jackson can't stay out of foul trouble. He could play the four and the five. Uh, but Brissett has been somebody who's been extremely consistent outside of that last game. Three previous games, at least 33 DK points. This dude's not afraid to take three-pointers. And they play him even a little bit at the three. So it wouldn't shock me if we see a couple lineups if Jackson's able to stay out of foul trouble, where it's Jackson at the five, Jalen at the four, Brissett at the three. Obviously, we'd probably have to see either Brogdon uh, or Halliburton off the court when that happens. On the Orlando side of the ball, probably staying away from the guard position. Fultz is back now. It's going to eat the Cole Anthony's minutes ever so slightly. He looked great in his first game back. Only played 16 minutes with 5-7 shooting, 6 assists, 10 points. 4700 is a little too expensive for that, though, so I'm not going to be paying that price tag. Uh, if anything, I would look, again, towards the front court of this team as well. Mobamba coming in at 4900 Played 30 minutes of that last one. Put up 15-10 with a block and a steal at 4900 Sign me up. If we, if we see he's drawing the start again, uh, I'm good with that. He has at least 25 minutes over the past three games. The minutes are starting to increase. I love that price tag. Mo Bamba, probably one of my favorite center plays on this slate. And then anytime that you're interested in Mo Bamba, you're going to have a little interest in Wendell Carter Jr. He's been extremely consistent over the past four or five games. Uh, low of 31.75 against Phoenix. And then everything else has been 35+. plus. Even a 53 against Denver that we saw in there where he put up 25, 12, and 4 with two steals and a block. So he's averaging 43 DK points against Indiana this season in two matchups. Both those guys, I think, are excellent plays. They're pivots off of each other. Carter Jr. also has the forward eligibility, which always helps out when you're constructing your lineups. Those would be the two guys I'm looking at. Anybody else, I will take a pass on. Third game of the night, New York Knicks traveling to Philadelphia, taking on the 76ers. Not a whole lot of interest for me on, and then pretty much anybody over here on the Knicks. Um, just trying to keep it real, keep it simple, keep it sweet. Eight games on the docket. I don't think I really need to go here. So, wouldn't fall if we wanted to look at some of these guys, but for the most part, I will just be taking a big pass. No, thank you. On the Philly side of the ball, Harden and Bede, both these guys are superstars. Both of them, I mean, Harden looks like a new player. Uh, he looks happy. I think that's I think that's what it comes down to. Uh, he's coming off of an 80 DK point game uh, with a triple double, 29, 16, and 10, and he did a lot of the damage. It felt like in the first half alone. So there's a few other superstars on this slate that we could pay up for. But where he comes ranked, I prefer him over Embiid. Uh, I do prefer him ever so slightly over Giannis. I think that's a difficult matchup. It's going to be a lower pace game going against Miami. I think Jokic comes into play a little bit. But I don't necessarily know if I'm going to find myself spending up much of anywhere. I just don't know if OKC is going to be able to keep it competitive with Denver. That's one of my fears. So if I had to pick up on a play up on a stud or if I wanted to, it would probably be harder. But we have some rock solid guys that are kind of in that nine to eight K range where, you know, maybe not spending twelve on somebody allows you to get one of those extra eight K guys. And that's probably the route I'm gonna end up going. Other than that, really not interested in much of anything else over here going on in Philly. Fourth game of the night, Utah Jazz traveling to Houston. They're gonna be taking on the Rockets here for the injury report. I'm sorry, I don't even think I get I got the injury report of the the Knicks and Sixers. Uh, Quentin Grimes, Miles McBride, Derek Rose, Kemba Walker, all ruled out. And the Sixers are pretty much good to go, just guys in the G League. But now the Rockets, no injury report for them. Second half of a back-to-back. Jazz, fully healthy, outside Jared Butler. 
start off here with the Jazz. This game is intended to probably have a pretty high spread. As we know, the Jazz are back to full health. They have Gobert. They have Mitchell. There's no reason why this game shouldn't get out of hand. With that being said, if you wanted to be contrarian, if you weren't afraid of the blowout, even if it does blow out, I think Donovan Mitchell is an absolutely fantastic play. Uh, he's averaging 40 DK points against his team in only 27 minutes. You can say the same thing for Rudy Gobert. He's underpriced at 7,800. This is a guy that probably should be between 8,2 and 8,5. He's averaging 37.5 DK points in three matchups, and he's doing so in 28.5 minutes. So both these guys are getting like 1.3, 1.4 DK points per minute in this matchup. It's just how many minutes do they have to play? So if you have somebody on the other side of the ball that you do want to run it back with, it makes a little bit more sense. But uh, in all likelihood, I think this game does kind of get out of hand pretty quickly. I just don't see if the Jazz have the firepower to kind of, you know, keep this close at all. Uh, on the other side of the ball, no Christian Wood for me, not going against Rudy Gobert. Dennis Schroeder is in play. If Kevin Porter Jr. is forced to miss another game out. But again, this may be one of those situations where, you know, if you're playing one of those Jazz, he's probably the guy I run it back with, but I don't think we need to. I've been playing a lot of Dennis Schroeder with Kevin Porter Jr. out, but this might be one of the slates where I take a night off just because this game has the making to be a blowout. There's no other way to say it. Um, next game, fifth game of the night. Miami Heat traveling to Milwaukee, probably one of the games of the night here. Really excited about this one. Uh, but the Heat will be without Kyle Lowry. Kalen Martin is questionable. Markeith Morris, Victor Oladipo, Javante Smart are ruled out. And then for the Bucks, Pat Connaughton, George Hill, Brooke Lopez, all ruled out. So we will start here with the Miami Heat. Obviously, no Kyle Lowry. We know that there's some good spots that we could look at. Uh, Jimmy Butler at 9,200. The price has gone up. But is Jimmy worth it in this matchup? It's a tough one. Don't get me wrong. I uh, probably won't end up spending the 9200 on Jimmy. If anything, I'll go back to the value well and play some Gabe Vincent. Had a ton of them in that last slate. He drew the start, played 33 minutes, put up 29 DK points, 4200 Absolutely sign me up. I'm good with Gabe Vincent. And then Tyler Hero, obviously coming in at 6500 getting a small bump. Uh, but he as well. He's been just routinely putting up 30-plus DK points, closer to that 35 range, at least 34.5 in four out of the last five. So 6500 you can certainly look that way, especially if you want to run it back with somebody on the other side. I prefer Gabe Vincent as my favorite player on this team, but I wouldn't fault you if you wanted to go to Tyler Hero either. I think both those guys are absolutely in play. And then Bam at 8,700. I love the matchup for Bam in this one. I think he can absolutely capitalize. I just uh, I don't love I don't love the price tag. 87 kind of feels a little overpriced. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Giannis coming in at 12-2. Now I don't know if you guys listen to this show often if it's your first time but you might have heard me say in the past there's one matchup in particular i do not play Giannis Antetokounmpo and it's going against bam out of bio i just he has his number he's a tough guy to get around for him tees him up bodies him up very well i will not be playing Giannis at 12-2 i don't love this matchup in general but just it's my it's one of my rules now if it bites me it bites me but it's one of my rules i don't play Giannis going against bam but this is one of those situations where I don't mind looking at some of these ancillary options. Drew Holiday at 7,900, I do like. I think this is a fantastic matchup for him, especially with Kyle Lowry out. Uh, I'm all good with Drew at that price tag. Sign me up. I prefer him over Middleton in this matchup specifically. Uh, he's actually averaging almost 40 DK points against his team this season in two matchups uh, with a two and a 25 and a half points, five and a half assists, and then four and a half boards. So I am good with some Drew Holiday. He's probably going to be my favorite option on this team if I go anywhere. Uh, and then I don't mind looking at Bobby Portis. I think he's a kind of an under-the-radar play in this matchup. I think a lot of people will get scared off of Bam. But something tells me that we're going to probably see Bam try to shadow Giannis as much as possible. P.J. Tucker and him will probably end up rotating here and there. Don't get me wrong. Centers are going to go against centers. 
But Bam loves this challenge. It's not a challenge he's afraid of. So I, I think Bobby Portis will find his spots and find his moments and be able to stretch it out to the three-point line. Fair enough. And Drew Holiday and Bobby Portis will be the only two options I'm really interested in on this team. I'm completely fading Giannis. Wouldn't fault you if you want to go to Middleton. I just prefer Holiday ever so slightly more at a similar price tag. We're cooking. Told you. This might be a quick show because we're, we're, we're in the sixth game and we're 16 minutes in. Sacramento Kings traveling to New Orleans, taking on the Pelicans to the injury report. We'll start off here with the Pelicans. Kara Lewis Jr., Larry Nance, Zion all rolled out for the Kings. Terrence Davis is out. Rashawn Holmes is questionable. We'll start off here with the Kings, them Kings. Demonis Sabonis coming in at 9,800. This is a fantastic matchup for Sabonis. Uh, we've seen that the Pelicans have just been getting cooked by centers for the better half of the past two months. Uh, 9,800 is a tall price tag to pay, but I still prefer him at 9,800 as opposed to Giannis, as opposed to Embiid, as opposed to uh, some of his other high price. Jokic, again, Jokic is his own category. I probably won't end up on him at either way. We'll get to that game. Uh, but I, I, I've been playing a lot of Sabonis ever since he's been traded, and we're starting to kind of see him become a little bit more acclimated where we get that, like, 45-point floor and that 60-point upside for a guy at – you know, 9,800, if he gets us 50, we'll take that any day of the week. Oh, not to mention he had one game earlier in the season where he put up 47 DK points in only 21 and a half minutes. So there's that as well. Uh, take that for what it's worth. So Sabonis, so sign me up. Love that play. And then you can't ignore De'Aaron Fox either. Ever since Halliburton got shipped out, this dude has been extremely consistent at that price tag. He He's better than a lot of these guards on the slate. We know his upside's there. He's been taking at least 18 shot attempts over the past five games. So the usage is there. At least nine assists in three out of the past four games. Uh, in all those games, he scored at least – in all those games where he had at least nine assists, he scored at least 26 points. So we're talking at least almost 50 DK points in three out of the past four games. Extremely consistent now. Uh, higher floor, which is the one thing that we were worried about, but now the ceiling's also elevated with increased usage. So I'm going to keep it at the top with just those two guys. As you guys know, I've been avoiding all these wings ever since they picked up DiVincenzo, they picked up Holiday, and they picked up Lamb. Uh, it's become a little bit of a shit show over there. But one thing I do want to talk about is how Trey Lyles drew the start in that last game. Played 31 minutes, came out, put up 34 and a half DK points. If he draws another start, we're playing Trey Lyles at that value play. So, you know, I, I don't know if I would... You could pair Sabonis and Trey Lyles together easily because Trey Lyles only needs 20 to 25 DK points to pay off that salary. I don't love to pair front court guys alongside of each other, but in this case, at that price tag, I wouldn't mind it. But I can see a lot of my lineups having a Fox and a Lyles. Um, I'll probably have a couple of Sabonis and Lyles too, but I'll probably end up having two Kings in most of my lineups. I, I really do like this game. And now, if you want to run it back, CJ McCollum coming in at 9K, a little too expensive for me. Uh, 9K, getting 45, pays it off, but we we're, we're going to probably be looking for a little bit more than that. Uh, so I, I don't see myself going into too much CJ. I wouldn't fault you if you wanted to go that way. Valanciunas coming in at 8K. We've talked about several centers already on the slate. Where does he fall amongst that range? Well, uh, I prefer him over Bam at that price tag, for sure. Um, Sabonis is a little bit more expensive, so I'm not going to put him in that same category. I prefer him over Wendell Carter Jr., uh, Gobert, that's all GPP based. Now, Cash, give me Valanciunas. Gobert, I'd probably go uh, with a little bit more in tournaments is based on. I think a lot of people are just going to fade that game entirely. You heard me say I probably will avoid it for the most part. But obviously, if you're trying to be contrarian, uh, that's a good way to go. So around the same price range, I prefer him over Carter Jr. And I prefer him over Christian Wood and some of these other guys. Will he be my first go-to center option on the slate? 
Likely not. Uh, when it's all said and done, I don't see myself falling on all that much, but I still think he's a rock solid value play over there. Uh, Brandon Ingram coming in at 79, slowly starting to get his offense back into rhythm, kind of getting used to playing next to CJ. It's a solid matchup. I don't, I don't love it. I don't hate it. I think with Brandon Ingram, a lot of that upside that we're seeing, the 50-point upside has been like evaporating ever since CJ McCollum came there. So I want to see him come down to more of like that 76 or $7,500 range, and I'll start to have a little bit more interest in him. So I don't see myself falling on him all, the, all that much either. Um, and then not on my Herb Jones at 4,600, just okay play. Never going to bring, win you a tournament, anything like that, but he's solid. So probably Joe Val is the main guy I look at. And Jackson Hayes just continues to just shoot unreal percentages, uh, but never gives you anything more than really 25 to 28 DK points at 4,900. That's okay. Again, nothing to write home about. It's the last guy I land on to round out my lineup. I don't mind it, but I'm not going out of my way to get a ton of shares. Well. Two games left. Oklahoma City Thunder traveling to Denver, taking on the Nuggets. We'll go to the injury report here. For the Denver Nuggets, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. remain out. Uh, rumors have been that Michael Porter Jr., not really rumors, I guess we call them reports because that's what they are, uh, was sent to scrimmage with the G League. And then Zeke Naji is questionable. And then for the Thunder, Dort, Giddy, Ty Jerome, Muscala, JRE, and Aaron Wiggins, Kenrich Williams, all rolled out. So they're going to be down some bodies, down some wings. We'll start off here with Oklahoma City. Now, Shea's all the way up to 10. I'll take a pass, despite how great he's been over the past three or four games. Back-to-back 60-DK point games. It's a shame, because if you're playing if you're playing someone like Jokic because you think this game stays close, you're going to want to run it back with a guy like Shea. Uh, but there goes almost half your salary between two players. So it's going to force you to make some tough decisions. Now, if you're not on some of those other studs and you want to kind of get a little mini-game stack, that's probably the, one of the main ways I would do it. Um, obviously we want, if this game stays close, it's going to be largely in part due to Shea. There's no doubt about it. Now, Trey Mann has been capitalizing off of this extra usage with Dort out, Giddy out, had the down on that last one, 5,600. It's an okay price tag. Uh, I don't mind going there in this one. Outside of that last stinker, he had four straight games, at least 35 DK points, upwards of 40 in one of those against Indiana. At 5,600, it's a solid play. Not somebody I'm going out of my way to play again, but if I land on him, I'm not upset about it. Not really been, I haven't really been playing too much, basically. I expected him to be one of the guys that capitalized on the usage, but Shea draws a lot more usage than we've seen in the past than a guy like Giddy, who's more of a facilitator. He'll find his own shot here and there. Shea looks for his shot. So I'm not really looking to capitalize on anyone really outside of maybe Trey Mann, but... Keep an eye on the center position and who starts. If it's Roby, maybe at 4,400, you get a share or two. But I imagine him in favor is trying to chop those minutes up right down the middle. On the Denver side of the ball, Jokic at 12-4. I think I've mentioned him probably in four other games already, just talking about other studs. He's absolutely in play, but these games haven't necessarily stayed close this season. He's averaging 28 and a half minutes against this team, and it only turned into a tune of 42.9 DK points. Mostly they don't need him to turn up and get a 30-point triple-double. It becomes contrarian if you're playing Jokic on this slate. You know, 12-4 is what you want to pay for Jokic in a great matchup. It is a great matchup. Don't get me wrong. Okay, he's been terrible against centers. But, again, it's one of those worries where how close does this game stay? Do they need him for every minute? I'm going to say probably not. If I'm playing him, though, I'm running it back with a Trey man or I'm running it back with Shea and just spending a lot of my salary in one spot. I'm not chasing that boogie game. Played 18 minutes and put up 41.5 DK points, 19, 8, 6, 1, and 1. 
So if you want to chase it, well, by all means. But now he's playing up to 4,500, so I will likely pass on that one. I am all set there. Uh, if anything, it would probably just be maybe like a Monte Morris for me in this one at 5,100. It's a fair price tag for a guy that's just pretty consistent overall. Uh, he's averaging only 22 DK points against his team. But outside of that last stinker against Portland, which also got out of hand pretty quickly, he only played 23 minutes in the three previous games. He's played exactly 31 minutes and had at least 27.5 DK points with two games over 32 DK points out of those two. So, okay play. Not anything to write home about, not anything to get excited about. Final game of the night, Portland traveling to Phoenix, taking on the Suns. We'll go to the injury report for this one. For the Suns, Kaminsky, Chris Paul, Dario Saric all rolled out. Campaign is probable. Looking to make a return. For the Blazers, Bledsoe, Ingles, Lillard, Little, Nurkic, and Winslow have all been rolled out. So we'll start off here with Portland. Obviously, there are a lot of bodies out. So there's going to be a lot of minutes to kind of go around. Eubanks ended up playing about 29 minutes in that last one at 4,300. Don't mind looking at him as long as he's going to be playing at least 28 minutes, which I imagine he probably will because we've seen Greg Brown play a little bit more of the five. I mean, a little bit more of the four, knowing that Winslow was out. He didn't draw the start, but still, he ended up playing a few few decent chunk of his minutes over there. Uh, in all reality, though, I believe it was Keon Johnson who drew the start, played 26 minutes, only shot two of 10. He's near min salary at 3,100. If I land on, I'm sure. I'm not going out of my way. He's not one of those you know, near-min salary plays that we need to get shares of, especially in this matchup. It's a tough matchup. But if I land on him or if I need to, if it means I, everybody else in my lineup I absolutely love, then I don't mind doing it. But for the most part, I'll be looking at Eubanks. I'll be looking at a little bit of Greg Brown, uh, Hart, Simons. Both those guys have plenty of upside. We haven't really seen too much of the upside uh, from Hart since he's been here, outside of like that game against Milwaukee. He had a really good game against Memphis, too. But at 7,600, 40 points isn't you – can, you can fade that. If he gets 40 points at 7,600, you're not losing a slate because of that. You're not winning a slate because of that. That's that's what you're expecting when you pay 7,600 for a guy. And then Simon's at 8,200. Now, we've seen plenty of upside from him. Is this the game I want to try to target it? Probably not. We talked about Fox. We talked about several other guys on this slate who are around that AK range that I just prefer a lot more. On the Phoenix side of the ball. Devin Booker coming in at 9,700, one of the top-tier studs that we could spend up on this slate. Uh, and bottom line, yeah, we could play Booker. There's no issues. Uh, 9,700, he's right up there with Sabonis. I think both those guys are rock-solid plays in that price range. I guess it's going to come down to your build. Uh, if you prefer to spend up at the point guard or shooting guard, you're going to go Booker. If, if you like the forward value, you have the you know the money to spend up there, go for it. I, I love Booker in this matchup. I think it's a great matchup. I think the usage has been off the chain for him. At least 24 shot attempts in the last two games, at least 22 shot attempts in three out of the past four games. His assist numbers are up. Uh, he's been getting steals at an elite clip over the past five, six games. So I'm all good with Booker at 9,700. In fact, I think that might be $300 too cheap. He should probably be a 10K player with Chris Paul out. DeAndre Ayton coming in at 6,800. Don't mind him in this matchup at 6,800. I think uh, I think you could definitely look that way. He's coming off of a rock-solid game against Utah. The past two games, he's been shooting at least 73% in both of those. 6,800 is fair. I don't mind it. I can uh, probably sit here and, and say he's my favorite center play on the site because I don't think he is. But I don't mind it. I think when it comes down to push comes to shove, I think I prefer him at 68 as opposed to Jovell at 8K. Um, two different price ranges, but $12,000 discount. If they both get you 40, you're going to be happy that you saved 12K or 1200 uh, Other options that we know we could look at, campaign is back at 4300 
this dude's going to probably play a big role for Chris Paul. Now, is he going to play a big role in his first game back? I don't know. I, I, I tend to be more inclined to want to play him because it's a wrist injury that he's been dealing with. It wasn't a muscle injury. It wasn't a knee injury. It wasn't anything that limiting his minutes is really going to be able to you know, help benefit him in any way. Now, if his wrist gets sore in the middle of the game, that's a different story. Then we might see his minutes get limited or we might see him get pulled in general. But at 4,300, I'll take some shots at campaign. I think that going forward, as long as Chris Paul's out, this dude's going to have a major role in this offense. So I don't mind campaign and I don't mind Cam Johnson. So give me both the cams. I think both those guys are solid options. Uh, Cam Johnson, at least 37 DK points in two out of the last three games. Uh, prior to that, nice little 29. The usage is up for Cam. The shot attempts are up. Uh, at least 11 shot attempts over the past four games. So he's going to kind of contribute. Mediocre rebounds, mediocre steals, mediocre assists. But at 5,300, as long as this guy's going to be scoring at least double-digit 15, 14 points, he's got a good chance he can easily pay that off. I'm good with those two guys. Probably the only guys I'm looking at really other than Booker would be those two. A uh, little bit of Aiton, but we've talked about Mo Bamba, and if we see he's drawing the start at 4,900, it's going to be hard not to have some shares of Mo Bamba. And that is the entire slate. So that might have been one of the fastest shows I did. I apologize if you do like to hear my voice for a long time and you didn't get the opportunity to. Not Probably not too many people out there, though, that feel that way. Uh, we will get to the player tier segment where I will talk about my expensive tier, my mid-tier, and the value plays. I will give two of each. So we'll start off here with the expensive tier. And I will go with Lamella Ball. 80. It's so tough because I, I, I like I like those two high 9K guys with Sabonis and Booker. I think both those guys are probably going to be the reason why I don't end up on you know, Jokic and Harden and Bede and a lot of those other guys. I think both those guys have a 50-point upside pretty easily in their matchups. But that, I can't ignore that LaMelo Ball at $8,500 price tag. That's just stupid cheap for this guy. So I'm going to go LaMelo Ball at $8,500. I really do like that price tag. Um, and I wish Fox was just in a different tier because I'd totally mention him. I still have to mention one of Sabonis and one of Booker. So I will mention Mr. Devin Booker at 97. It's not any secret as long as Chris Paul's out. So now the thing is, I don't think I'd play campaign and Booker in the same lineup. Now, you can mix and match with combinations because I like guys for both those teams. So that's probably what my thing will do. Like I might, uh, I'll do several of my lineups. I'll probably have like Sabonis uh, and then maybe Campaign and Cam Johnson. I can do something along those lines. I can do Darren Fox, Devin Booker, Campaign. You know, like I can mix and match with the studs with other options on these teams. And I feel comfortable about it. Uh, we'll go to the mid tier now. Under seventy nine hundred under is what we like to say. Uh, I mentioned several guys throughout the slate in this one, but we'll go back to the well on some of these options I have been playing. Now, we're going to need some of the injury news to kind of know what's going on before, you know, quick caveat, I guess, to some of these options here. Uh, but if we hear, happen to see that our main man, uh, wow, lost him, uh, Darius Garland is ruled out. Lori Markkinen at 62, I think, is a rock-solid option in this matchup to go back to the well with. Don't mind that one one bit. I think there's a couple decent mid-tier plays, though. So by no means a must-play, but I do like the matchup for him. I like the usage he's been getting. I'm throwing that down game out in the last one. All set there. Uh, and then the other one I'll, I'll throw out there for everybody. Probably would end up being DeAndre and at that price tag. 68 does feel it's pretty appealing. He should probably be more like 74. But 6,800, we're getting a nice little discount, so I don't mind looking that way. And then for the value, Mo Bomb at 4,900, probably one of my favorite center plays on the slate as long as he's going to be playing significant minutes. 4,900 going against the Pacers team that's been struggling against opposing front courts ever since Miles Turner has been out. 
yeah, I'm good with that. I don't I don't mind looking over there. And then uh, many options that we can go with on this last one. Now, where does it fall? Where do we fall here? I'll probably end up leaning with Gabe Vincent at 42. Should be a competitive game, competitive matchup. No Kyle Lowry. We'll go with that. Could have went Eubanks. Could have went several other options. But we'll go Mo Baba and we'll go Gabe Vincent. And then two Thrive Fantasy. We'll give out two player prop bets. My favorite prop bets of the night. And I give two because, again, I am riding solo here. So we'll go with the over on DeAndre Ayton's rebounds at eight and a half. This feels like it's going to be a 12 rebound game for him. I like that one. And then, uh, I mean, we could have just hammered that with the Devin Booker play as well. I, th- I do like that Devin Booker play. And the other one we'll lead with, I mean, there's a couple of gimmies like Tyrese Halliburton over six and a half assists. I don't, second, it's only going to get 80 points. So I don't feel like we really need to go that way. So we'll just hammer the, we'll hammer both of these guys. We'll go with Devin Booker. 100 points for 34 and a half combined points, rebounds, and assists. I mean, he could get that with 28 actual points himself and then just chip in the seven assists and be there pretty simply. So I will go with Devin Booker. And that's everything, guys. I always, always appreciate you listening. I love the kind words you guys have been giving me, especially on Twitter. I've seen some people leaving some comments and rating and some reviewing. That means a lot to me as well. Uh, allows us to get that feedback and just, you know, maybe it's uh, constructive criticism. Maybe you just say you love the show. Either way, it puts a smile on my face every time I see it. So thank you guys for doing that. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike Patra, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. Give us a thumbs up, five star, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, you name it. We are there. Always appreciated. We'll be back tomorrow. It'll be Harris. It'll be myself. We'll be crushing that Thursday slate for y'all. As always, take care. And let's go crush the GPP.